absolutely dominant in their first group game and later in the match. In the meantime, Defori has clever. Godos gets the cross here, it's a fabulous goal, it really is. The delivery, great little clip delivery. Van Lam's in no man's land, nothing he can do about that. They start out from the back. Better from them though, it wasn't to that final pass. May well reach, has Moon still, has Moon, buries it. He is deadly in front of goal. Maybe a little fortunate the way it reached him, but once it did, there was only one place it was going. Full-time in Abu Dhabi, a very satisfactory 90 minutes for Iran. He maintained their 100% record in this tournament. Carlos Queiroz is signed too strong for Park Hensio's men today. Hello and welcome to another edition of Golbezan, the 2019 AFC Asian Cup in the UAE is well underway. Iran started uh, their campaign earlier this week with a 5-0 win against Yemen and follow that up with a 2-0 beating of Vietnam. So, today we have on the pod to discuss the uh, con regular contributor of Golbezan, Aria Alaverdi, and we're also joined by Mortaza Musavi from Radio Offside, and he's joining us from Vancouver. Uh, Mortaza, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and Radio Offside and what you guys do? Well, as I said before, thank you so much. And I wanted to thank you guys on behalf of our team. Uh, we're just a group of friends who are interested in football. And we started our work of um, focusing on the World Cup games uh, during last summer. And then we switched gear a little bit uh, after the games ended. And now we're uh, producing weekly pods focusing on the top four European uh, football leagues and the Champions League. That's great. So it's radio offside and it's in Farsi though. Fantastic, giving the, uh, the Iranian audience something they don't have, which is great. Right, so let's get started and talk about the game. So, uh, Mortiza, why don't I start with you? So we looked at... In my opinion, a, a game of two halves yesterday. I think Iran started off pretty well in the first half, controlled the game, some really good passing, really good one-two touch passing, some good triangles, linking up uh, midfield to attack very well. The second half, uh, I think some of that fell out the window. Um, would you agree with that? Did you see uh, two different, two contrasting halves yesterday as well? Yes, I did see that. And I think uh, some parts of it is due to the game plan that the Vietnamese had. So in the first half, they just dropped deep and then stayed back and, uh, as we call it, parked the bus, uh, which made us struggle a little bit to find the first goal. But we still uh, played our own game and then had the position. And then in the second half, when they had conceded the first goal, they started off pushing a little bit higher, uh, which could be the reason behind the more sloppy performance in the second half. Uh, however, I think I, I just wanted to appreciate our performance in the sense that uh, we showed a lot of respect for the other team, even though like uh, looking at the history of our games, uh, the game against Vietnam has always been an easy game. But uh, regarding their first performance against Iraq, I think the, the coaching team and the staff, they knew that it's going to be a hard game. 
And uh, whenever we lost position, which one great thing that I saw, in, especially in the first half, that we had a lot of position. We had a lot of position in the second half as well, but uh, it was more prominent in the first half. Whenever we lost the, uh, the ball, position of the ball, we had uh, two or three players in the immediate vicinity of the ball who pressed for, the, for getting the ball back. And then if that line did not work, we just had another line deeper. So that counter-pressing was really good. Uh, but uh, as I said, I think it's just the game plan that the Vietnamese had in the second half was something that caused us to stumble a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the, uh, the Vietnamese did start off quite well and they defended with their lives, particularly in the first half. Now, Arya, do you, do you think that uh, perhaps uh, Team Melly could have put the game to bed um, inside 45 minutes? Uh, yeah, I think they could have. I think they, we had a few chances uh, in the first half. Um, I think uh, someone got into the game a little bit later on in the first half. Yeah, he started off a little bit quiet, but when he came alive, especially near the end of the second half, sorry, near the end of the first half and then the beginning of the second half, we sort of saw um, us make a couple more chances. I think in that sort of period, we could have scored some goals. Um, if you saw the last game against Yemen, uh, Torabi started on the left-hand side and he was playing uh, pretty central, quite close to Osmond. Uh, in this game, we saw him play on the right wing and he was... Um, you know, he started off quite wide. I think uh, he was trying. To, he was basically playing as a as a, normal, as a traditional winger, and he wasn't really getting into the box as much as as we saw against Yemen. I think that that could have maybe Osmond was a bit isolated at times, but of course he scored two goals, which I think he, he did really well to to create for himself and you know get the angles, get to get into the right position to score the goal. I think he did really well to sort of create the goals himself. Um, however. Uh, I would like to have seen uh, Amiri, you know, offer something more in the attack. I think I thought, you know, he's, he's he's came off in the last two games, you know, in the second half quite early on, and he's not really given us enough in the attack. I would have liked to have maybe seen Torabi start in midfield. Uh, hopefully, we see something like that against Iraq. But no, I think I think the, I think we started off the game a bit quiet. Uh, in Vietnam, were defending really really well. Then they started to maybe get a bit tired. We scored the goal, and then in the second half, they changed the setup. But again, Osmond scored, um, and he got the game uh, wrapped up. You know, and I think two 0 was is a respect. It's a good score line for for uh, against a team like uh, Vietnam, who are young, they're hungry, they're they're probably in their best footballing generation. Uh, and you know, I was quite impressed by them. Um, a lot actually and against Iraq as well in their first game I would agree with that with um, the fact that I think Osmond took his um, second goal in particular very well some good feet uh, to get a, to dodge two tackles and, and a good good little finish with his, with his left foot as we've seen before he's, 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 he's right footed but he can score with, with, with both feet and we all know how good he is in the air and how many headers he got as, as shown by the first goal now I, th I think if we look at what, what I what I was referring to in the sense that I think we could have put the game to bed early in the in the well in the first half, w were you impressed, Mortaza, by by some of that uh, last ditch defending by the Vietnamese, particularly their captain, uh, with with some of the blocks and, and putting the ball on the uh, his body on the line? Yes, they were pretty good. It actually reminded me of our own performance in the World Cup and how we were 
defending really greatly as a unit. Uh, I mean, it's still a, a big jump trying to compare the two performances, but they did really well. And uh, they were all uh, coordinated really well as well, the, their performance in the first half. But still, they lacked that um, a, a little bit of quality, I guess. But they, I was really, I was really, um, I really liked how they performed defensively. I was really impressed. Yeah, you could definitely say that Iran could have been, if it wasn't for their uh, for the Vietnamese captain, he could have been probably about three nil um, in the uh, in the first half. And and in in that first half, I, I thought our passing was excellent. As I said earlier, one two touch passing quick triangles, getting in between the lines, linking up play very, very nicely uh, between midfield and an attack. And then two players that I want to highlight in particular with regards to that nice link and play uh, are uh, Simon Kodus, who in my opinion was, was the man of the match and provided a great assist, a great cross for Osman's first goal in the, in the 38th minute. And him, his play with Ashkan Dejaga, who I personally must say, I don't... I previously didn't think he should be in the Iran squad anymore. I think he's aging, but he does offer something that a lot of players don't. And uh, on that point, uh, I'm, we're going to bring in Sahand Salari, who's uh, one of our callers today and is his first time on the pod. He's a Team Melly fan uh, from Northern California. Uh, Sahand, welcome to the pod. It's really good to have you on now. Uh, do, would, you, would you agree with the point that uh, you, you saw some good linker play between Dejaga and Kodus? And what do you think um, stood out, what stood out for you in an attacking sense, particularly in the first half in yesterday's game? Yeah, hi guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so yesterday I thought that um, in the first half especially, we, we did, as uh, you guys mentioned, played really well. And I think a lot of that had to do with the link-up play of the forward players particularly Dejaga, Kodus, Osmoun, Taremi, as you said. And, you know, I think a good point to make is that although Dejaga is getting older and we didn't really see him at all in the World Cup, a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was coming off a major injury that he sustained when he was at Nottingham Forest. And it was very hard for him to recover from that injury. But I think now he's been at Tractor Sazi for uh, the whole year and he's been at least playing every week and training regularly with the team, which is already an upgrade from being injured for almost six months. And so he's in good physical shape that you can see that. And then his quality on the pitch, it just speaks for itself. You know, this is a guy who won the Bundesliga, who's played in the Champions League, who played in Germany, is probably their most uh, successful uh, youth team ever with a bunch of world champions and was a starter in that lineup with the likes of Ozil, Boateng and those kind of players, Neuer. So he has, you know, undeniable quality. And on the pitch, you see that, that he's dropping deep now for Team Medley. He's getting the ball from deep and he's able, because of his technical quality, to always be playing with his head up, which very few Iranian players can do. And, you know, his first touch in particular just takes him away from the you know Asian players, Asian opponents in a way that very few players are able to do. And you can see that him and Kodus, you know, their first touch and their movement with the ball is just of a different class. And then that's how they, you know, they link up so well together. And even Kodus was mentioning in his post-match interview how uh, influential Deja Gah is. And you could see in the link-up between Dejaga and Osmoun and Taremi that they're really 
all are on kind of the same wavelength and they're able to play quick one-twos and just dictate the tempo and particularly Dejaga from the back. And, you know, with regards to what you guys were mentioning with the disparity between the first and the second half performance, um, I think a lot of that had to do with Dejaga himself because in the first uh, half, you saw that Dejaga was very influential. He was on the ball throughout and... Um, he was really dictating the play. And in the second half, that kind of dropped off. I don't know. I have a feeling this had to do with the heat, which a lot of the players mentioned, and the fact that, you know, even though he is more fit now, Dejaga is still probably not a player that you would expect to be at a um, very, at the same high level throughout the 90 minutes more. And as his performance dropped off, that in turn affected the whole team. And we were less able to, you know, control the game at the same pace that we had in the first half. But, yeah, I think that the link-up between Dejaga and Kodus and Osmoon and Taremi is really uh, what we're going to build on offensively throughout the uh, next rounds. And that's going to be the key to our success. And just to add to that, um, I felt like Taremi and Osmoon, who have been playing for a while uh, on Team Millie together, uh, they're a lot more synchronized than when Salman Odus is added to the trio. So I felt like uh, in order to get the balls, he just Odus had to drop deeper and then get the ball himself. Then, but the link up between Tarami and Osmoon was great, but at times Odus was not involved in that link up as much. So I'm hoping that as the games go by and then as we progress through the tournament, the three of them would be uh, more synchronized, and uh, if if that happens, it will be great. You've um, you've both raised some good raised some very good points, and on on the point of Dejaga, um, it, it's clear that getting that first team regular first team football that he's been lacking over several seasons, in, uh, even since his time in, in at Fulham um, in in, in twenty thirteen. Um, it's, it's really helping him out. I mean, we forget he's 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 only 32, really. I mean, he's still he's, he's in the autumn of his career, of course, but he still has some uh, clearly has something to offer, which I I personally didn't think. But that first team football is definitely helping him out. Now, Arya, what uh, was noticeable in yesterday's game is is the uh, the difference in passing accuracy in the first and the, in in the uh, second half you know we string some really good passes together in the first half i think we lost a lot of that uh passing accuracy in the in the second half we had a throughout the game we had a passing accuracy of it's quite relatively good of 84% could probably be better i think it was probably better in the first half now if any of our listeners uh, have any statistics on the first half and the second half passing accuracy, please tweet us. Uh, we'd love to see what the difference was there. And Arya, do you, do you think that Dejaga uh, may be getting a bit tired and also us dropping off a little bit perhaps had some influence on that, on uh, the uh, lower level of passing accuracy in the second half? Yeah, first of all, I want to say, Stan, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your insight. Um, next thing I want to say, yeah, of course, to answer your question, yeah, the the passing accuracy, first of all, we had, uh, I think it was 70% possession in the game, um, in the entire match. Uh, and, you know, we, we did dominate possession for a long, for long periods. I think you could see in the second half, you're right, Dejar Gas started to gas out a little bit. Um, 
you know, he played 90 minutes against Yemen um, at really high tempo, and then obviously another another really high tempo match against Vietnam. Um, he gassed out. He, he was, you know, misplacing a few passes. Um, I think that we were relying on him to to keep the ball ticking, uh, and unfortunately, you know, he was, you know, slowing down. His passing accuracy was coming, you know, much, much, much more, uh, you know more failures of making a successful pass and I think that it was evident because you know Godos came into the game more when De- Dejargar fell out of it and I think when Godos came on the ball we saw a bit more from him but I think by then the players were were exhausted Osmond you know started to sort of fade near the end of the match uh, Torob came on he gave us some um, you know attacking em- emphasis you know he ran you know he got on the ball Gave the assist for Osmond, but yeah, I think we have to make sure that our players are are 100% fit throughout the whole tournament because uh, Kiros is demanding a lot from these players. You can see on the touchline he's shouting. He wants them to really play at high, high intensity because he knows when it comes to final, these players need to be ready for it. Um, and I think that uh, players like Dejaga, like Shojai. They're not at the kind of age where they can play 90 minutes, you know, consistently, you know, with a four-day uh, absence, you know, in between. I think, but he wants them to get to that level uh, because they are the only players who have that kind of skill level that some of our younger players don't have at the moment. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a task for Kairos to get the best out of his players. But you know, you know, he's resting a couple of players. You know, Rezoyan didn't play. Um, you know, and I think that uh, you know we've got a chance to really uh, rest a couple of players, maybe against Iraq. You know, Abid Amiri he's played two 90-minute games. Uh, the only guy I think he can't really bench at the moment is Omid Ibrahimi, who had a really good game um, against uh, Vietnam. I thought he played quite well. The ball was ticking, but he's played two 90-minute games, and, and it's hard to replace him because Saeed Atalay is injured. So, um, you know, I hope that. The, the fitness levels are not an issue as the tournament goes on. Yeah, that definitely is the case. We don't with uh, we've been unfortunate with the case of Said Ezotoloi, who's uh, who's now at Reading um, with his injury. Uh, we don't really have anyone like him uh, who can both sit deep and protect the defenders, and at the same time spread play quite nicely. And uh, on on. At this, on this point, I want to bring in another one of our callers. We have uh, Sarah Fatemi, uh, Iranian-American, uh, fellow TM fan, a Team Melli fan, and stand-up comedian. Uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on. It's great to have you. What were your thoughts on the thanks game? For, oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what were your thoughts on the game, Sarah? Did you, did you enjoy the game? What were, what were the particular highlights for you, do you think, and takeaway points? Uh, I enjoyed the game a lot. Very aggressive, very offensive. I don't know if this is a kind of a tactic switch, but I've never seen our boys play so aggressively before. My favorites, obviously, were the two goals, especially the uh, kind of uh, goal that Osmoon hit with his head. And I also really, really um, liked the save that Bayran Ben did right in the beginning. Did you guys see kind of that somersault? He kind of leapt in and he grabbed that ball. Yeah, it was a good save. I mean, it was it was it was uh, was it one nil at this point, so it could have changed the match. That um, I think you're right. I think you can see um, that was one of the only defensive errors we've had in a couple of years. You know, <laughs> against a really a poor team, 
Uh, we managed to make a mistake against quite a weak team, but against Spain and, and Portugal in the World Cup, we didn't really have that kind of error. So yeah, you're right. My God, yeah, that man Bayran Van is a wall. I mean, there you try to get anything past him, but I was just I couldn't believe that you know the way he just kind of rolled on the ground and then it slipped into his arms. That was that to me. That that's some kind of you know a level talent. Well, the man did save a penalty from Ronaldo in the uh, in the World Cup against Portugal, so confidence must be sky high. Um, but uh, for sure, I mean that's the thing. And, and Arya, you you highlighted a very good point that I'd also like to come on because the uh, the game wasn't entirely full of positives. I'd say I, I think the the first half was very good. We made some defensive errors, particularly bad one that we just referred to with with. with um, uh, that resulted in the Beiran Van save, but I think in the second half as well, it was it was a bit of a shambles. We are so we are known for our tactical discipline, our defensive discipline, uh, and the lack of goals uh, that we concede. Uh, but I feel like against better opposition, we probably could have conceded a couple of goals yesterday. Do you think this is a concern, or do you think it, perhaps it's complacency because of the the quality of the opposition yesterday? Because as you said, against Portugal and Spain, we defended with our lives and didn't really make any errors. Yeah, just before I come to your question, I think I want to ask one question to Sarah. Sarah, um, what, obviously Osmo scored two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you, obviously I think you've, you've spoken to Osmo before, or you've had contact with him. What, what, um, what do you think this gives him? Because he's, he's had a lot of criticism from fans in Iran. How mm-hmm. do you think this helps him progress you know, in his career in the tournament? Well, I think since, you know, about um, around September, his confidence has really grown because he did so well at Rubin Kazan. You know, he was scoring goals just about every game and he was really becoming a hero. And I think people back in Iran were taking notice. And then especially after the AFC has started, I mean, I just think his confidence is sky you know, just skyrocketing, and I couldn't be happier because we all know what uh, a rough time he was going through. And now I think the only thing that I can really, we can really hope for, but then again, as fans, we respect his decision, is that hopefully after the AFC, he does leave Ruben Kazan and he does go into a larger team. I know he was in talks with, I believe, um, there was a team in England. I'm, name is escaping me right now. I apologize. It's like Crystal Palace, I think. <laughs> I have mascara running down my face. I'm trying to think of what the <laughs> club is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think he has so much potential, and I think he's kind of outgrown moving Kazan at this point. And I think that he just really needs to challenge himself, and he really needs to – I mean, not that he's not challenging himself, but I really do think that, you know, it, the opportunities are endless if he does take that bid um, and if it does work out. And then waiting, you know, a couple of years later for the next World Cup and just seeing him honestly dominate. Regardless of who we're coming on, Sarah. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Sarah. Really appreciate your insight. I appreciate it. Well, I think on that point, Sarah Sarah makes a good point. I think Palace would be would be a really good place to to go for for Osmond. I think he's obviously he's been linked with Everton before. He's been linked with Liverpool before. I don't I don't think that he would he would get in the starting eleven at all for Liverpool. Uh, apart from maybe in some of the, some of the other competitions, Palace need a striker. Benteke don't hasn't been doing the job for them, and um, that would be a good move. And we'd like to see him certainly move uh, move away from Ruben Kazan. It's time to leave Russia, I think. And and um, on that note, That's your question. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Go on. But, yeah, the defense. I think yeah, we saw Hossein Kanani start. Hossein Kanani. I think I can't answer. I'll ask you a question. What is that about him? But. 
I think Kanani showed before the Asian Cup that he has good physicality. And I think that uh, something that maybe Jarrod Hosseini had that, you know, those sort of players have in Iran that he, he offers in Iran as well. I think, you know, Majid Hosseini, he offers that physicality, that aggression. Kanani as well, I think he offers that. And I think that he showed it. He showed he can really impose himself on the game. He can win all the headers. He can really, you know... Uh, I, th- I thought he was the better player than than uh, Pirelli Ganji in defence yesterday. I thought Pirelli Ganji had, had, a, had a bit of a rocky game. He made a few mistakes. Uh, one of the things that I saw from him was he wasn't attacking the ball in the air. He was letting the ball bounce. And at times that was causing issues with the goalkeeper and his fullback, Kafuri. Uh, so uh, I hope that, you know, Pirelli Ganji doesn't uh, continue that kind of form because we want him to be on top form. I hope... Majid Hosseini comes back into the fold as well at some point. Um, and I hope that Kanani continues how he's been playing. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mortis, yeah. I, I, I want to ask more to Yeah, go on, Sam. Yeah, if I could just interject here. Um, you know, I think the defensive uh, contrast between, you know, as you guys mentioned, versus in our games versus some top opponents in the World Cup, we were, we really gave up very few chances or real clear cut chances. And we were playing some of the top teams in the world. Whereas now we're seeing that even in the Yemen match and Vietnam match, we've given up some good looks to seemingly weaker teams. And I think this is, uh, you know, something that doesn't have actually, I think the root of this problem could actually be seen in the preparation matches. Uh, Even if you go back to the Uzbekistan, the first preparation match for the Asian Cup. And ever since then, we've been... Uh, letting a lot of chances, which is seemingly uncharacteristic for Team Medley. But the reason for this is, you know, fairly simple, and it's that we are seeing a drastic change in the way that Team Medley plays. We played in the World Cup atmosphere and those games with a very defensive uh, uh, formation and a very defensive strategy because of necessity. There was no way we could go toe-to-toe or play open against you know, the best teams in the world, or else we'd get slaughtered. And because of that, we developed a very low, uh, low defensive block with having wingers that were essentially playing as wingbacks for some of the games in the World Cup. You know, Taremi and Sarifar, Jaon Bakhsh were so far deep and supporting their wingbacks, and the midfielders were deep supporting the center backs. So, you know, it was difficult for those players to get isolated and exposed. But now, as we open up and we're playing a, clearly a high-pressing sort of style, an attacking sort of style, which is resulting in more goals, but then we see that the defenders are going to be isolated in one-on-one situations at times or you know, in more dangerous situations with players running at them with space in behind. And that uh, just goes to show that the defenders, although they are very good players, they're not at, you know, some of them aren't at the elite level that they can deal with those situations perfectly. And so we're going to give up some chances. You know, uh, I think that Vuryok Afuri, Ehsanehaj Safi, these are players that you wouldn't uh, describe as the most solid defenders. And for that reason, there's going to be some, you know, problems at times. And just, you know, on that selection of Kairos to play those two guys. I personally, one thing that 
has just escaped me is the reasoning be- for him to start Hodge Safi these few games and even in the World Cup because we have Milad Mohammadi who's been one of the best left backs in all of Russia for many years and still a young player who defensively is much more solid and I think that is one of the you know issues coming from the left side we're conceding a lot of chances so I think Milad may get some game time in the near future and I wanted to know what you guys think about that. Mortaza, do you want to give your thoughts on on those yeah, points? Yeah. Do you think that, uh, in particular, do you think that we can now build upon that incredible defensive record that we have and now become a bit more of an attacking team as well, scoring a few more goals? We're so used to winning one nil, two nil. That it's it was particularly against Yemen. It was refreshing to see five goals being scored. I can't remember the last time we, we saw more than three goals being scored by Team Meli. So, is that is that something that you think is going to happen now? We can push forward offensively as well. So I just wanted to add up on what Sahan said. For Hajj Safi, I think it's ever since I remember him playing, there has been this debate whether he's better at playing as a fullback or better, or uh, whether he can perform better up front, either as a winger or in the midfield. And based on the team that he plays in or the coaches that he's working with, he has been uh, switching between these two positions. And most of the times, the conclusion has been that he is a better player offensively. And uh, the only stellar performance that I can remember from him as a fullback is the World Cup. And uh, as San uh, mentioned correctly, it was because he had a lot of cover. And then I think his duties were more limited to just uh, uh, defensive duties. And then he had he did not have many offensive duties, so he stayed back more, and then he could concentrate on those defensive duties more. But now that he has more room for going forward, I think that's where the problem uh, becomes more vi- visible, that if, he's, he, if he has offensive duties and he's pushing forward, then he does not cover well when he comes back. So that's something that has been going on, and it shows that He's a really talented player, and he's a really versatile player who can play at, at both positions. And something that I really feel empathy for him is that he's uh, he's uh, one of our captains, and he his position is still undecided. So he just keeps switching between those two, two positions. And I think as a player, at some stage, you would just like to be established at a certain position. Well, on that on that note, um, I think we uh, we should uh, briefly mention. Uh, Team Melly's next game against uh, against Iraq on the sixteenth uh, of January. I think it will be an interesting game. Uh, we just uh, we just need a need a point to um, to top the group there uh, on on goal difference, um, and it will be very interesting to see how we play, particularly after what happened four years ago in the Asian Cup in Australia when we uh, um, lost to Iraq on penalties after a controversial. Red card for Merdo Adepuladi. Um, so yeah, I think the, the the players will have some uh, some uh, hunger and some fire in their belly, don't you think, Arya? Yeah, what is it? You're still there? Give us a give a shout. Oh, he's he's just left. Okay, we'll add him back in the call. Um, yeah, I think that you know we, we have a chance to. It's a bit of redemption for us against Iraq. Um, I think that we need to to really win this game. I think because. Uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, Vietnam and Yemen are, are weak sides. They're not the, the, you know, the strongest sides in 
in, uh, in, in Asia. But I think that Iraq's a side that you can maybe say, okay, they've got some players playing, you know, in, in top teams. Not top teams, but, you know, not bad teams. You know, Estelar in Press Police, um, Bashar Rassan playing in, in Press Police, Humam Tarif playing in Estelar. You know, they've got a few good players. Um, you know, they can say they're a respectable side. So if Iran can get a win against them and a really solid victory, uh, we can, you know, I think we can silence some critics. There's always going to be critics in Iran. People, you know, criticizing, oh, Dejargas too old, he shouldn't be playing. Hoysafi's not a left back. You know, I, I, about that, I want to just quickly say, in my opinion, Hoysafi is a great footballer, but he, he, he he's always showed that his best performances for Team Mili were in, mid, in the midfield. And that's where he should be playing, in my opinion. Um, you know, Mohamed is an actual left back, and that's where I think he should be starting for for the national team. Uh, and the final point is, um, yeah, if if like I say, if Iran beat beat Iraq, I think that they've shown that they have beaten a side that are respectable in Asia. Yeah, for sure. I think we we all expect three points in the, in, the, in that game, and um, and we we shouldn't expect anything less. And we want to win, particularly after what happened four years ago, and then go through with with nine out of nine points. And hopefully, Osman will get a few more goals to his name. Now, on final note, before before we close up for this this pod, uh, Sand, can you can you give us a, um, your thoughts on the Iraq game and uh, and how you think it should pan out and who perhaps should be starting, particularly in in, in that midfield and and with regards to Torabi as well. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so uh, Iraq always uh, are a challenge for us. They always seem to up their game when they play us. You know as. Arya mentioned they have some players in Estegron and Persepolis that are good players. They have Ali Adnan, who plays in Atlanta and the Syria, who's a good player. They have some other players in uh, various uh, smaller European leagues and uh, Middle Eastern leagues. But uh, besides the players, it just seems that as a team, they always come together for the challenge of playing Iran. And, um, you know, it's always been a hard game for us. But I think that it's going to be the most interesting point from this game is going to be the team selection. I think that Kairosh has uh, a lot of things to think about here. We have Hodge Safi, who's on a yellow card. Another yellow would mean that he's unavailable for the round of 16 match. And the same goes for Taremi. We have Dejaga, who just completed two games in quick succession, and the last one he played 90 minutes. So he might be uh, feeling a little tired. Uh, similarly with Vahida Amiri. And we had... Uh, Hosseini Kanonizadegon, who was came in for Majida Hosseini, and obviously Majida Hosseini has been so good for uh, Trabzonspor in Turkey. His team is uh, in second or third place, and he's been one of the best players all year, and he's been great for Team Medli too. But it was a bit shaky versus uh, Yemen, so it'll be interesting to see if K. Rush reintroduces him into the lineup. And, uh, yeah, also if he's going to play with Milad or with Ehsan uh, Hajsafi. So I think, think those are all potential storylines to look at. Uh, on the Torabi point, I would hope that Torabi starts because his performances have been really impressive recently. And really, ever for most of his team medley career, he's always, even if he's not been the first option or even the second option, whenever he has played... Uh, he's been uh, very clinical and very influential and a positive impact on the team. 
And even K. Rush coming out saying after the game against Vietnam that he is shocked that uh, Torabi is still in Asia. And I think that he, I would start him. Um, I would start him and Kodus and Osmoon together. Uh, I would probably start Taremi too. Uh, but obviously he's on a yellow, but I don't think he should really be getting into too many more close yellow cards. But I think Haj Safi, you know, could be taken out for Milad Mohammadi, And I would prefer to see Majid Hosseini also reintroduced into the lineup. And I think with that team, we should have a good chance of finishing the group strong and beating Iraq. And I think probably the most important thing for us is to... in. Uh, not get engaged in any of the mental games that the Iraqis play, which is usually one of our big weaknesses versus Arab teams. And I think if Team Medley can steer clear of that, then we should be able to get the win. I agree with you. I think we should we should definitely expect to get the win and get those three points. And what you've touched upon is is the strength and depth that the squad now has uh, with, with more than one good player in every position that can fill in for anyone who's who's suspended or is a, is a booking away from being suspended or is injured or just fatigued and uh, it'll be interesting to see where the Torabi starts so we very much look forward to the game on the 16th on Wednesday against uh, against Iraq and we will be discussing that game and re- reviewing that game in greater detail uh, following um, the match and we we uh, hope to just quickly add. Uh, Aston, sorry about that. Uh, just I want to say really thank a big thanks to Mortaza for coming on. I know you got cut off there when you were speaking, but uh, I really appreciate your insight. Um, and Sahand as well. You know, great of you to to come on and give us you know a lot of uh, great great information about the team. And then Sarah, uh, Sarah, if you don't know, is a a, a comedian who, who who's got. You know, quite a lot of good had a lot of contact with Osmoon over the years, and it was great to have her on, um, and you know, give her thoughts. But uh, I'd be a great job on the on the on the hosting side. Right, thank you, Arya. I want to yeah, thank you from uh, from uh, Golbezan to all our listeners for for listening and uh, and continuing to subscribing to us on 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 iTunes and on on SoundCloud, and as well, absolutely thank you to to all our speakers today, Mortaza, uh, Sarah, and Sahan. Thank you for your thoughts. And, and your insights and for contributing to the pod today. So we hope to uh, to have you on in the future. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Hi, this is Kat and you're listening to Golbezan. And I hope you continue listening to their amazing podcast. Thank you all for the support. Love you, Golbezan.